This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. <clears throat> okay, Brucham Abba, welcome everyone. So this is the penultimate shear before Purim. Habaleno Taiva. That means the second to last shear. Um, we have really a very important topic this evening and of major historical and contemporary significance, especially for those who pay attention to what's going on in the world. Um, we have a concept, so even though whatever the episodes in the Torah that took place, they happened a long time ago, nevertheless, not only do they have relevance, not only do we say history repeats itself, but actually, whatever is recorded in the Torah creates the history of what will later happen for the Jewish people. Okay, so we're going to examine a Pasuk in the Megillah, in Parak Tes, Pasuk Aleph. The Megillah tells us like this, In the ninth month, excuse me, in the twelfth month, Adar, the month of Adar, in the thirteenth day of Adar, on the day that the verdict of the edict of the king was supposed to be carried out, on the day that the enemies of the Jews planned to rule over us, and it was just the opposite, that the Jews ruled over Hema B'Sayneim, they ruled over their enemies. So basically, in a nutshell, on the day the enemies were supposed to harm us, we instead ruled over our enemies. And if you look carefully at this Pasuk, you'll notice that the use, um, the, the word for enemy switches from the beginning of the Pasuk to the end of the Pasuk. It says, On the day that the enemy of the Jews planned to rule over them, but the word the Pasuk uses, Oyev, Oyev, is just the opposite. What happened? Asher the Oyev turned into a Sinei. Now, in in many languages, there's a concept of a synonym. In Hebrew, it's called, Lashon Kodesh is called a Shemais Hanir Dafim. However, the opinion of the Malbim is that in Lashon HaKodesh, there's no such thing as Shemais Hanir Dafim. There's no such thing as synonyms. You see, the difference between Lashon HaKodesh and all other languages is that all other languages are a just a consensus that people agree to refer to something with a cer- certain word. Lashon HaKodesh is not a, a consensus. It inherently means that because we have a rule that God created the world with Lashon HaKodesh. So there are no synonyms. If there are two words that seem to mean the same thing, they obviously have a nuance of difference. So why does the Pasuk say, on the day that the Oyev, the enemy of the Jew, planned to rule over us, should say, Why does it switch it to Sinehem? Either they're an Oyev, or they're a soine. Why the switchover? Why Oyev in the beginning of the Pasuk and soine in the end of the Pasuk? Well, the Vilna Goin has very important interpretation. And that is, the Goin says that there's a difference between an Oyev and a soine. An Oyev is somebody who actually inflicts harm, who wants to do bad. An Oyev is somebody who would like to cause pain and suffering. That is the definition of Oyev. A soine is not somebody who actually would cause harm and would inflict pain, but a, a soine is sort of a bystander who watches an enjoyment and, and doesn't like the person, and therefore when the person is harmed, they're happy about it. So just to give an example, 
you could say the Yishmaelim are our Oyevim, and the Europeans maybe are our Soinim, something like that. In other words, the Oyev is someone who actually harms, the Soine is the bystander who enjoys it. Okay, so the Gra interprets the Pasuk like this. Says the Vilnagain, Bayoim on the day Asher Sibru, on the day that the ones who actually wanted to inflict harm planned to do bad to us, God turned it around so such to the extreme that we ruled over not only the Oivim, we even ruled over the Sinim. Even the people who merely were watching, would have been watching in enjoyment, we ruled over them as well. Okay, that's how the Gra interprets the Pasuk. But um, for those who have been listening to the Shir, the Shirim over the last couple of years, may remember that the words Oyev and Soine are words that we've frequently discussed. And that is, even though the interpretation that we just gave was the, is the interpretation of the Vilna Gain, there is a classic interpretation of the word Oyev and Soine, which is given by the Rishonim. And this is something we've discussed at least in three different Shirim. So if you want to look it up, you want to go back to the archives. Parshas Masse from like seven years ago and four years ago, we did a topic on the Dalad Malchios, and we did a topic on Pesach, on the Chadgadia, and we once spoke about it in a shear in Memphis, Tennessee, for those who are following. Well, we spoke about it three times. But obviously, Ein Beis HaMedrash, Beli Chidosh, so we're going to explain now the classic interpretation of the Rishonim, of the Oyev and the Soine. Take a look at number three. It's a Pasuk and Nitzavim. After it talks about that Klal Yisrael will do tshuva, and the Pasuk says, Umal Hashem Zarecha, God will circumcise our heart. The Pasuk says like this, Binosan Hashem Eloikecha, God, your, your God will place. Is kol ha'oloi sa'ela, all of these curses. Alo yevecha, on your enemies, v'al soyneecha, and on those who hate you, asher redafucha, who pursue you. That all the curses of the techa that were destined to come upon you, God will turn the table and put, a, put them on your oivim and on your soynim. Okay. Comes Ramban, and the Ramban says, who are the oivim and who are the soynim? The Ramban says, it's a remez to the two nations that constantly pursue us. So is a remez to the two nations who constantly pursue us. The only thing the Ramban didn't do was he didn't identify who these two nations are. But he sort of narrowed it down. So out of the 72 nations, he narrowed it down to two of them. However, we still have no clue who are they. You know, are they the Japanese? Uh, you know, North Korea? Who, who exactly are the two nations that always pursue us? The Ramban doesn't say. But there is a very well-known comment of Rabbeinu B'chayi. Rabbeinu B'chayi, one of the classic Rishonim, I believe, of Talmud of the Rajva. Rabbeinu B'chayi's commentary on the Torah is a very important commentary. In fact, every Friday night for 40 years, it's brought down like down of Sam Soifer, We'll learn Rabbeinu B'chayi ala Torah. Every year he would find new chidushim. And Rabbeinu B'chayi tells us that the Oyev and the Soine, you know which two nations they are? They are Yishmael and Esav. Those are the two main nations that throughout our history have pursued us. But then the Ramban identifies further. Oyevecha is Yishmael, Soineecha is Esav. And the Ramban says, 
that let me tell you, this is what the Gemara talks about. Now, ver- amazingly, the Rabbeinu Mechaye quotes a Gemara that we don't have. It's not, not in Talmud Bavli, not in the Vilna edition, not in the Narada edition, not even in the Shadenstein edition. This Gemara does not appear. It's an Agatha to Gemara in Baba Basra, and the famous Gemara is the Rabbah Barchana, but it's not in our Shas, it was taken out. So let me tell you the story. Rabbah Barchana was traveling in the desert, and he saw two geese. You know what a goose is? You know? A, a duck? Tachka? You know? A geese. A goose. And the Shamti got fired, they lost their feathers. Why did they lose their feathers? Mishamnayu. They were obese. They were fat geese. And so these fat geese, they were so heavy, they lost their feathers. And a, a thin line of honey, Rabbi Barachana extracted from them. And I said to them, will we have a share with you in the world to come? And they said the following. They didn't talk. Obviously, geese don't talk. What do you think they're going to say? So they didn't talk. One of them raised their wing... And the other one raised their itzma. In English, they raised their rump. Okay, that's how we translate it. So one of them raised their wing, and one of them raised their rump. And then Rabbi Barachana told the story to Rabbi Lezer, and Rabbi Lezer said, Klal Yisrael is going to pay the price. So it's one of these like enigmatic agaratas. It's so enigmatic, it didn't even make it into the Gemara. We don't have it in our Gemara. So anyway, says Rabbein Mechaye, what does this mean? Who are these geese? Says Rabbein Mechaye, these fat geese are the two superpowers of the world. Who are they? Esav and Yishmael. And they're so obese because they're so rich. They're so full of power. Whether it's their oil deposits, whether it's their money, whether it's their, their land holdings, whatever it may be, the obesity of these two geese refer to the historic success of Esav and Yishmael. And what does it mean one of them lifted up their wing and the other one lifted up their rump? Says Rabbeinu Mechaye, what it means they lifted up their wing is Yishmael lifted up their wing because in the future they're going to come flapping their wings and come flying to us. And they're going to give us animals. They're going to give us karbonos. And they're going to convert. And they're going to wear tefillin. What does it have to do with the wings? Because in Gemara and Shabbos, Elisha Baal Kenafayim. Kenafayim, wings, represents tefillin. Now, this is a pella. Because if you look at Rabbi, um, the Kliyaka and the Chida, Kliyaka and Pashas told us, we have a tradition that Yishmaelim never convert. You know, throughout history, all the converts come from Esav. Shmai and Avtalyon, and Unklus, and Rav Meir, and Nero Kezar. We don't have converts from Yishmael. In fact, what I have a very hard time understanding is Rabbeinu B'chai himself at the end of the piece says they're never going to convert, they're going to just go straight to Gehenna. So if anyone out there has an explanation of this, Rabbeinu B'chai, but let's, let's read it out. So when it, when it says that one of the geese will lift up its wings, they're going to come flying to us, they're going to convert. And the other goose is going to lift up its rump, that refers to Esav, who they're going to have a brismila and they're going to join with us, and we're going to take their power, and all of their dominion and success that they have today, Rabbi Barachana extracted this line of honey, and ultimately we take over their power. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, what is the difference between an Oyev and a Soyne? Oyev, he said, is Yishmael, Soyne is Esav. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, now I can ask you a question, this is the historic debate. Who's worse? Esav or Yishmael? And usually the answer to that question is, 
It really depends where you come from. It depends how old you are. It depends where you grew up. It depends whether you're Ashkenazi or Sephardi. You ask a Polish Shayid in 1946, who's worse, Esav or Yishmael? The answer is obvious. You ask a Jew who lives in Israel in the 30s, in Hebron, who's worse, Esav or Yishmael? The answer to him is obvious. Yeah, it really depends. You ask a Jew in 1492 who's worse. You ask a Jew in Yemen who's worse. So there's always this classic debate, who's worse, Esav and Yishmael? And yet, predominantly, most Rishonim say, Yishmael is much worse. Now, what I found amazing was the Kleisenberger Rebbe, who suffered terribly during the Holocaust, he also writes Yishmael is much worse. But anyway, Rabbeinu Bechayi says, we're going to label Yishmael Oyev, we're going to label Esav Soine. Why? Because an Oyev is much worse than a Soine. Because a soine will harm you, but there could be some rachmanis. But an oyev has eternal, unflinching hatred. It's not tempered with any rachamim. In fact, the word oyev comes from the word avoy. When you fall into the hands of a yishmaeli, you scream oyev avoy. It's the, that's the root of the word. However, Edoim, he proves throughout Tanakh, is called the soine. The es of sonesi, the Navi says, the Haftar Parshas Taldois. So Yishmael is called the Oyev, and Esav is called the Soine. Says Rabbeinu Bechai, that is why there is an expression, Tachas Edoim Tachas Yishmael. Throughout history, Jews have always said, I'd rather be under the dominion of Edom than under the dominion of the Yishmaelim. Now today, in 2017, yeah, we see that. The Western world is tolerant of us. But Yishmaelim... That's what we're suffering from today. Seventy years ago, it was the opposite. So, it's this classic debate. But Rabbeinu Bechayi records for all time, Yishmael is worse than Ed, than Esav. In fact, we know throughout Chumash that that um, the Oyev is worse than the Sinai. Because when it comes to the Sinai, it's Al-Ribayim L'Sinai. For the enemy, for the Sinai, God punishes four generations. For the Oyev, it's... Um, the Pasuk says, V'oyve Hashem ki kar karim kalo ba'ashem kalo. And uh, very interestingly, um, these two nations are alluded to, says Rabbi Nochaye, throughout Tanakh, the Novi Yeshaya says, Hameskadshim v'hamitaharim, the ones who sanctify themselves are Edoim, they like to cross themselves, the Yishmaelim like to purify themselves, they wash their hands and their feet, but says Ramban, but they never cleanse their hearts, which is the Iker. And we're sort of in the middle even even on the calendar, you have Yishmael on the left side on Friday, you have Edom on the right side of Sunday. Rabbeinu Bechaye establishes, Oyev is who? Yishmael. Esav is the Sine. You know, who, who are we to inject ourselves into this? But it would seem that this is the correct interpretation. I always think, you know, does anybody remember after the Akedah? So, Avraham takes with him, Eliezer and Yishmael and Yitzchak and then he tells uh, Yishmael Shavu lachem hamar. You, you, you're the donkey you stay behind and then he takes Yitzchak to the Akedah and what bracha does Yitzchak get at the Akedah? V'yirash zaracha eishar Oivav meaning you're going to one-up Yishmael so to me that's a raya that Yishmael is called the Oyev but when Lavan and Besuel send Rivka to marry Yitzchak 
the bracha they give, Yirazach Ishar Soinov. Because Rivka has to deal with an Esav. So to me, that's clear what Rabbi Machai is saying that the Oyev is Yishmael and the Soine is Esav. What's very interesting is that Rabbi Machai wrote another Sefer called Kara Kemach, the Sefer of Jewish thought, of Musr. And in the Kara Kemach, Rabbi Machai writes the exact opposite. Rabbi Machai says the Oyev is Bnei Esav and the Soine is Bnei Yishmael. Is it a stira? Is one of them a printer's error? Just prevent, I'm just presenting you the facts. Rabbi Machai writes in different places. Maybe it's not, maybe it's movable. Maybe it just depends. Maybe sometimes Yishmael is the Oyev and sometimes Esav is the Oyev. The Ramban, if anyone remembers, we had uh, many weeks ago, about six months ago, we spoke out, you know, the disputation in Barcelona, the Sefer Abikuach of the Ramban. And the Ramban, uh, Ramban identifies the Oyev is Esav and the Soine is Ishmael. The opposite of Rabbeinu Bechayel HaTorah. In fact, there's a Sefer um, by Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Sefer, a descendant of the Kafa Chaim. He writes very interesting Svarim. So he feels that this Ramban and the Sefer Kuach, it must be a printer's error. How could anyone say that the Oyev is Esav and the Soine is Ishmael? Many people bring a proof from the following. You know, you remember in Pashas Vayishlach, when uh, Yaakov Avinu encounters Esav, and Esav gives him a big kiss, and what does it have on the word Vayishakehu in the Sefer Torah? Dots. So Rashi says, what do dots do? Dots say the opposite of what you would have thought. So either the pshat is that typically you would have thought he hates us. Typically, uh, it says he kissed him. It says he kissed him. So if he says he kissed him, then uh, he probably kissed him. The dot says it wasn't Belay Shalem. But then Rashi brings out another pshat. Says Rashi, look at number nine. Amar Rab Shimon ben Yechai. Rab Shimon ben Yechai says, Halacha hi biyodua. It is the halacha. She'esav soyne le'yakov. That Esav hates Yaakov. What does Rashi say? What is Esav? How does Rashi identify Esav? Soine. Soine. Esav is a Soine. It's, it's in their blood. By the way, it's an amazing thing. The fact that Goyim hate us, we're going to discuss this in a bit. You know, probably the topic that there are more books on than any other subject is anti-Semitism. And everybody has their theory, the sociological reasons and the philosophical reasons and the ethni- ethnical uh, ethnicities. And Rashi says, no, it's not about anything. They don't hate us because we're powerful and they don't hate us because we're leeches on society. Neither are correct. Why do they hate us? Because they just do. My grandfather's memoir is after the war. So I think the Americans uh, captured a Nazi. And this Nazi tells my grandfather, you know, don't hold it against us. It's not our fault. It's in our blood. It's not our fault. It's in our blood. That's what Rashi's saying. It's in their blood. They just hate us. But Rashi's identifying who is the Soine. Esav is the Soine. Lamaisa, Rabbeinu Bechaye. So we have, we have like conflicting sources. Who's the Oyev? Who's the Soine? Rabbeinu Bechaye in Parshish Nitzavim. Yishmael is the Oyev. Esav is the Soine. Rabbeinu Bechaye in the Karakemach contradicts himself. The Ramban says, like the Rabbeinu Bechaye in the Karakemach, that Yishmael is the Soine and Esav is the Oyev. It's very interesting. 
Rabbeinu B'chayim Parshas Vayera, when Avram Avinu sends away Yishmael, so Avram Avinu gives him bread and then he sends him away. Look what Rabbeinu B'chayim writes. Why is Avram Avinu sending away his son? He says, Avraham foresaw in the future that Yishmael so Rabbeinu Bechayi maybe here is identifying Yishmael as what? A Soine. And what do you do with a Soine? It says in Mishlei, If your enemy is hungry, feed him bread. That's a little bit Manishman Rabbeinu Chai's identifying Yishmael as a Soine. Interesting, the Rambam, the Rambam in, this will be the last uh, source here about this, this uh, concept, who's the Oyev, who's the Soine. The Rambam in the Geras Teimon, look at number 11. He says, my brothers, you should know that because of our many sins, God has cast us in a nation, the nation of Yishmael, that are the most evil nation on the world. This is the reference to the Pasuk, Ve'oyevenu plilim. So the Rambam is identifying, Yishmael is what? Oyev. V'shaloi omda al Yisrael uma yoyser oyeves mimena. There is no nation that hates us more and tries to diminish us and lower us like Yishmael. And of all the saras that David HaMelech foresaw in Tehillim, right, we know Tehillim was written, David HaMelech, prophecies, all the future Torahs that it will be full of Klai Yisrael. At one point, David HaMelech cannot contain himself. And he says, look in the second line, Oyali, woe to me, Kigarti Meshech, that our sojourning has drawn out. Shachanti, look where we have to live, in Imahalei Kedar. By the way, where's Kedar? Who comes from Kedar? Yishmael. But specifically, who came from Kedar? Somebody who the Ramam refers to as the Meshuga. Oh. Who is that? The Hamei Yavin. Yeah, the, that's the Ramam. That's the nicest thing the Ramam was able to say about him. Probably if they would have known that, they wouldn't have honored the Ramam in Egypt on uh, you know the 800th year since his birth. If they would have known what the Ramam writes about uh, this gentleman. But said the Ramam feels that the most difficult. A nation that we have to endure and suffer from is Yishmael. And then he says, you know what the worst thing about Yishmael is? And this is like almost pure prophecy. He says, you know what the worst thing about Yishmael is? He says, uh, unbelievable. He says, It's their lies that they make up about us. You know, they don't, when we suffer, they say that never happened. It's intolerable, the Rambam says. The lies that Yishmael hurls on us. And the Rambam quotes a drasha, a very interesting drasha, when it talks about the descendants of Yishmael. So the three names, Mishma, Duma, Masa. And there's a drasha. Mishma, basically, how do we react to Yishmael? We listen to the insult. Duma, we zip the mouth. Masa, we tolerate it. But bottom line is, according to the Rishonim, the Oyev and the Soine refers to Esav and Yishmael. Most Rishonim learn the Oyev is Yishmael and the Soine is Esav, but it could be switched around. Well, Moreover, Abayisai, how could you not help but think, if the Oyev, let's say, is Yishmael and the Soine is Esav, 
then how are you going to fit that into the Pasuk in the Megillah? How are you going to fit Esau and Yishmael into the Pasuk? I understand, you know, you want to... Haman, Haman is from Esau, so Haman will call him the Sinai. No problem. But who exactly is the Ayev? There's no Yishmaeli in the Purim story. He's a Pajan, as they say in Brooklyn. Right? He's from Paras. Why would we refer to him? I mean, one of them is a Sinai, one of them is an Ayev. So we'll give Haman the Zechus to be the Sinai. But who's the Ayev? Who's the Yayev? According to Rishon, according to Ramban, according to Rabbein B'chayi, Oyev and Soine is Esav and Yishmael. So we got a Haman in the story, but there's no Yishmaeli in the story. And uh, this is really a question that um, I heard a share from Rav David Kohn, not the Rashiv of Hebron, who we usually quote, Rav David Kohn, the Rav of Gvol Yavitz in uh, Coney Island. He gave a shear, and I heard it. So I called him up recently, and I wanted to know if what he says is in print. So he said, yes, it's in uh, the Sefer Oil David, the eighth volume um, that Art Scroll published. I said, how do I get it? He said, call up Art Scroll. No. I said, I need it soon. I need it. You know, I'm giving a shear. So he said, come to my house. So I drove to his house, and he gave me the Sefer, and it's on your sheet. Okay? So this is, this is a question he raises. In the context of Rabin Bachaye and the Ramban, how do you fit this into the Pasuk of Asher Sibru Oyve Ayudim Mashloi Blaim and Afoichu? So you should Ayudim Hema Visaynea. Let's start in the following way. Let's talk about anti Semitism a little bit. We already began by saying that Rashi says the reason for anti Semitism is there is no reason for anti Semitism. On the other hand, there is a Maimar Chazal, and I will be honest with you. There are two ways of interpreting it, and the way we're going to interpret it is not really what Rashi says. The Gemara says, Masech the Shabbos Daf Why is it called Har Sinai? Because when God gave us the Torah, Sina came down. Now Rashi interprets that to mean that when God gave the Torah to the Jewish people and the Gentiles rejected the Torah, God hates the Gentiles. So according to that, it has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. It's not they hate us, it's God hates them. That's how Rashi interprets it. But many, many Svarim, and I saw this, but I don't know where they're getting this from. But let's, let's say, Zolzayin Azoy, there's a pshah like that. If anybody knows really the source of it, I'd be uh, very, very indebted. But the way many Svarim learn the explanation of this Gemara is, why is it called Harsinai? Because when God gave us the Torah, the Gentiles were jealous of, of us. It's, they feel that we think we're elitist, we think we're the chosen people, which by the way, we are. We do think we're elitist. We are the chosen people. They think that we think only we are the children of God, and we do think that. And we're not embarrassed to say, only the Jewish people are the children of God. The, the nations of the world are not the children of God. Bonim atem l'ashem elekechem. They're not God's children. They're God's creations. They're created with Selim Elekechem. They're not God's children. And this creates a certain jealousy. And they don't like that. In other words, there's an, eth- there's an ethnical reason. There's a, um, they feel that we're elitist. We think of ourselves as better than them, which we do. 
And therefore, they hate us. What can we do? God selected us, you know? Yeah, good. God selected us. So these are the two reasons for anti-Semitism. One is what Rashi says. Rashi says, Amar of Shemarichai, Halacha hi v'yadua, Se'esav sainei that What's the reason for it? There's no reason. It's, it's, it's just, it is. God, uh, the reason for anti-Semitism, according to Rashi, is that it's just a law. It's a law of nature. There's gravity, and there's, you know, the theory of relativity, and then there's anti-Semitism. And then, on the other hand, you have this Gemara and Shabbos, that the Gentiles hate us for, they feel that we think of ourselves as better. It's somewhat of a contradiction, right? Because either there's a reason for it, or there's not a reason for it. In fact, there's a famous comment of Rabbi Nachum Zemba, one of the great Polish Shagainim. Rabbi Nachum Zemba says, By the way, who says, Halacha hi biyadua she'es of son Eliakov? Look at Rashi. Alma Rab Shimon bar Yochai. Why Rab Shimon? Because the Gemara says, Rab Shimon shita was, Rab Shimon was doyresh taima dekra. Rab Shimon expounded the reasons of every Pasuk. You say a halacha, if everyone can just find the seat, it's very distracting. If, if you said a Pasuk, Rab Shimon would tell you a reason. Rab Shimon would darshan it. Rab Shimon would explain. There was nothing in the Torah Rab Shimon couldn't explain. Rab Shimon could tell you the logic, the rationale of anything. But, when it came to one concept in life, Rab Shimon just threw up his hand and says, there's no... There's no there's no time in the Quran. There's no explanation. And that is when it comes to anti-Semitism, Rav Shemarichai says, Halacha hi biyadua. It just is. They just hate us. So Rav David Kohn is trying to reconcile these two explanations and reasons for anti-Semitism. One is, they're jealous of us. One is, they just hate us. And how do you reconcile it? The answer is, because there are two anti-Semites in the world. There's Esav and then there's Ishmael. And Yishmael hates us for ethnical reasons. They're jealous of us. That Yishmael was rejected. Yishmael didn't make it to the Akedah. Goresh ben Ha'amazes. They hate us for religious reasons. And Esav? Halacha hi biyadua Esav just hates us. Okay? It's an interesting theory. That's, that's what Rav David Kohn conjectures. It would fit in the following. It would come out very beautiful. If you remember the Gemara Megillah, Daf Gimel, the Gemara Megillah says that when um, Haman and and, and uh, Achashverosh were having this like debate back and forth, you see Haman says, "Here, Achashverosh, here's you know a million dollars. I want to kill the Jews." And the argument that Haman used to be able to annihilate the Jews was, He said, "The laws of the kings they don't do. They don't keep your laws." And the Gemara Megillah says, "Demafki lekule shasa b'shayupai." They say the Haman says, "Achashverosh, you know the Jews? They waste the whole year. Every day is another excuse why they can't work. Either Shabbos hayoyim shay, or Yom Tif hayoyim. Right? Everybody knows, you know. Any any Jewish uh, worker knows that you know three quarters of the year they have to go to the boss. It's it's Yom Tif, it's Lag Boimer, it's Erev Pesach, it's Erev Cholamayit." It's Erev uh, Sukkot. It's a four-day Yomtev. It's a nine-day Yomtev. Three days Rosh Chodesh. This, uh, um, you know, there's a famous joke in Yiddish. When there's three days Rosh Chodesh, then I'll do this and that. You know. So in our shul, the, this, 
this week they happen for whatever reason they happen to call out Rosh Chodesh is going to be on Friday Sunday and Monday there's a little confusion but you know it's Erev Erev Rosh Chodesh half the year you don't have to work so that's what Achashverosh that's what Haman tells Achashverosh the whole year the Jews are wasting their time Yamim Toivim it's you know why is Haman using that argument to Achashverosh why doesn't Haman just say hey you hate them you hate their gods destroy them that's what Haman would do if it was him because he's an Esav guy but now we're saying Achashverosh is a different type of anti-Semite. He hates us for a reason, so Haman has to give a reason. The reason is, the Jews are always keeping a Shabbos or Yom Tif. But again, we haven't really successfully explained. We understand how Esav, uh, Haman is the Sine, but where do we get the Oyev into the Megillah? By the way, it's amazing, and this comes out very nice. The Gemara says, Haman offers to pay money to kill the Jews. Achishur says, keep the cash, just kill them. And the Gemara gives the following analogy. There's a guy in his backyard, he has a mound of dirt. So he's looking for somebody to come pick up his dirt. So he calls up, you know, John in, um, the, what is it called? The, the, the guy in Cedar Bay Park, when you have a lot of junk, you call him up. What? Bulk pickup, exactly. John from Bulk Pickup. You go up, you know, send the guys. What do you got? I got boxes. He comes in the morning. You know, it's Baruch Hashem, it's free. But sometimes you have a lot of rubbish. You got to pay, you got to call someone, you pay him a few bucks to take away your garbage. So the Gemara says, Achashverosh was somebody who had a big mound in his front lawn. He was going to pay somebody to take away his garbage. Haman had a big hole in his garden. He needed to get dirt to fill up the hole. But when the two guys meet up, and Haman says, I'll pay you to fill in my hole. Achashverosh says, no, just take my dirt, I don't need it. But look carefully at the Gemara. The Gemara says that Haman is someone who has a big ditch in his yard, and Achashverosh is someone who has a big mound. Haman despises us. To Haman, we're nothing. He's just disgusted with us. We're, we're the dirt of the earth. We're nothing. We're the absence. We don't deserve to exist. He just hates us. To Achashirsh, we're a mound. We're a high mound. He's jealous of us. He understands our heights and our greatness, but he doesn't like it. So Achashirsh and Haman are two different types of anti-Semites. Haman is the classic um, Esav. But the question is, what about the Oyev? How did the Oyev get involved? And now we're about to introduce one of the most fundamental questions in Jewish thought. And that is... In all the Svarim, and you look in all the Nevi'im, there's a concept of Rabbi of Dalid Malchios. Who are the Dalid Malchios? The classic Dalid Malchios are, number one, Bavel, leading off, Babylon. They destroy the first base of Mekdash, Nebuchadnezzar. Batting second, number two, is Parasamadai, right? Achashverosh. And number three is Yavan, Greece. And number four is typically Rome. They destroyed the second base of Mikdash. And everybody asks the following question. Well, there's somebody conspicuously absent from the list. Who's that? Yishmael. They're so powerful. They ruled the majority of the world for such a great portion of world history. Why isn't Yishmael on the list? And because of this question, the Ibn Ezra argues on most of the Rishonim. And he says, Taka, number one, is Babel. And number two is Paras. And number three is Yavon with Rome, because Rome comes from Greece. And number four is Yishmael. But that's against, like, all, all the Mamari Chazal, that Rome is the fourth and the last Golis, Golis Edoim. And the Maral is bothered by this question. What happened to Yishmael? And the Maral gives two classic answers. 
And every Jew needs to be aware of these answers. Says the Maral, answer number one. Why is Yishmael not on the list? Says Maral, let me explain to you what a Malchus is. Malchus means we had the Malchus. There was something called Malchus based David, the Davidic dynasty, Shloimai HaMelech. We have Malchus Shamayim, we are the ambassadors of God. But when Badal destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, they usurped and they took away the majesty of the Jewish people and they took it to themselves. And then Paras took it from Bavel. And Yavan took it from Paras. And Edom took it from Yavan. They took our majesty. That's why there's this relationship between Esav and Yaakov, that when they're up, we're down. And when we're up, they're down. Because it's one power that they're fighting over, they're struggling over. But Yishmael is not a Malchus, because Yishmael did not usurp Malchus Yisrael. Yishmael has not taken our Malchus. What Yishmael is, is an independent, they have an independent source of power. What is their independent source of power? That they're the son of Avram Avinu and Avram Adavind, Lu Yishmael Yichyel Efanecha, and God listened to Avram Tzila. So Yishmael is its own entity. They have not usurped our power through Bavel, through Paras, through Yavan, through Edom. They're a separate entity. That is why there is no relationship that when we're up, they're down, and when they're up, we're down. They're not connected to our power, and therefore they're not a Malchus. They don't meet the bill. They don't have the criteria necessary to meet the bill to be a Malchus. However, says the Maral, the main answer to this question of why Yishmael is not on the list. You ready? Fasten your seatbelts. Says the Maral, the reason why Yishmael is not on the list, they are on the list. Yishmael is Persia. That's all. Yishmael is Paras. Persians, the Persian Empire is Yishmael. But wait a second, they don't share a common ancestry. So Maral says, Malchus is not a matter of ancestry. It's a matter of personality. And we find the Gemara Nabi Zara that the hallmark characteristic of the Persians, the Gemara says they build bridges and they constantly fight wars. They're very aggressive. They're very, uh, they look to a next territory. Says the Maral, that's exactly the hallmark characteristic of Yishmael. All day long, Yishmael, you can't make peace. Thank you. Make peace with the Arabs. Two-state solution. You have a 90-state solution. There's no solution. You can't make peace with that. By the very nature, they fight wars. That's in, that's in their fabric. In fact, unbelievably, according to the Maral, you know, there's Gemara and Yuma, just as an aside, the Gemara has machlekes between Rebbe and an, and, a ta, and an Amoira. That the last two nations that are going to stand are Malchus 2 Paras and Malchus 4 Edoim, and it's Machlekes who stands last. And I always wondered, what? I understand how you could say that Edoim will stand last, but Persia? Persia's long gone, there's no Persian Empire. So now already, in these days, you could say, well, maybe it's Iran. But according to Maral, it's very simple. When the when Gemara brings the Machlekes, who will stand last? Paras. Or Edom, Paras means Yishmael. And by the way, according to most most Perushim, Yishmael will defeat Edom. So if you're getting a little comfortable in America and you think, you know, this is the last stronghold before Mashiach comes, not according to most. According to most, Yishmael defeats Edom, and then Al Yishmael falls. told us Yitzchak, look at the Baal term in the beginning of Parshas told us Mashiach comes when Yishmael falls, and after Yishmael defeats Edom. 
Okay, but that's for a different time. But according to Maral, the Maral opens up world history, and the Maral identifies that Yishmael and Persia are one empire. Why is Yishmael not one of the four empires? They are. They are Malchus Paras. Lefizeh, it comes out. That the union of Achashverosh and Haman is the first time in history that you have a union between the two biggest Rishayim, between the Ayev and the Soine. Can you imagine such a thing? Is it bad enough you have to deal with the Ayev? Is it bad enough you have to deal with the Soine? But to have the two of them in conglomerate, to have the two of them in a pact, and now... It's the, it's the combination of Haman, who's the Sine, and who's the Oyev, Achashverosh, but he's, but he's Persian. I thought Oyev is Yishmael. The Maral says the Persians are Yishmael. Now, Marva Rabbi what happens when Yishmael and Esav come together? By the way, Rabbi David Kohn asks, you know, remember for last, the Lamachir, when was the Lamachir was last week? The Lamachir. Remember? So uh, Haman tells uh, Mordechai, you know, climb up onto the, onto the horse. And Mordechai says, no, I'm tired. I can't get up there. So he, you know, he climbs up on uh, Haman and he gives him a kick. Yeah, he gives him a kick. And Haman says, what's going on here? Wait a second. He's not the Oyev. He's the Soine. So according to Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, the Karakemach, the Ramban, no, he, he's Taka the Oyev. But according to Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, and Nitzavim, he's not the Oyev, he's the Sine. So David Kohn says, don't worry, what Haman was saying is, since you now to rejoice when your Oyev has a downfall, Kal you can rejoice when I have a downfall, because I'm just the Sine. Okay. There's a Gra. The Gra in the commentary to the Safra Zitzniyusa says, Adavar Nifla Adma Oyed. Says the Gra, there are two forces of evil. There's the Shar and there's the Chamor. There's the Ox and there's the Donkey. This should be a familiar concept. The Ox is Esav. Esav is the Ox. Parim Abirim. Who's the Donkey? Shavu Lachem Poim HaChamor. Yishmael is the Donkey. And that's why you can't plow with an Ox and Donkey together. You ever wonder? You're probably wondering. You probably always wanted to know why your ox and donkey in the garage cannot be tied together. Well, this is the reason why you can't plow with your ox and donkey together. Because the shore is Esav and the Chamar is Yishmael, says the Goin, if they ever come together, they will destroy the world. So now you're getting a little picture of why Purim was the most dangerous time in the history of the world. It was the first time ever there was Xera. Lahashmid Where did that come from? We never had that before. Because it's the only time in history that there's a nice little peace treaty between the Shah and the Chamar. And when the Shah and the Chamar get together, they destroy the world. I think I mentioned many times. My grandfather writes in his memoirs that when he was in Auschwitz, Eichmann was there. He saw Eichmann. And Eichmann invited a special guest from Jerusalem, the Mufti. And they were sitting arm in arm. And Jews would pass in front of them. And they would beat them in a way that they would never be able to have children. And that was their entertainment. And that's the image. If you want to know what the Shar of the Chamar looks like, Eichmann and the Mufti is the Shar and the Chamar. And when they get together, you have an Auschwitz. And you have a Purim. Now you understand why this was the biggest disaster. Never in our history we had a like this. I always want, what's the Pshat? The answer is, 
That's why Esav ran to, be, to marry who? The daughter of Yishmael. Because Esav knows if he's Meshadik with Yishmael, that's, forget it. So one thing we know about history is that if Esav and Yishmael ever come together, forget it. We're in big trouble. But there's one other important thing we know about the union of Esav and Yishmael. And this is something we never spoke about. The Pasuk says in Yishmael, look at number 23. Vira Rechev, you'll see a chariot. Semed Parashim, a pair of horsemen. Rechev Chamar, a chariot of donkeys. Rechev Gamal, a chariot of camels. Vehikshiv Kashev, listen intently. Rav Kashev, there's a lot to listen to. The Rambam writes in the Igeras Teman. Haflovafela, says the Rambam, if you want to know when Mashiach is coming, there is no question. After the Meshuggah gains power, Mashiach will come. But then the Rambam says, the meaning of the Pasuk of Semed Parashim, the pair of horsemen. Who are the pair of horsemen? Says the Rambam, the last words in the Geras Teman. His Daveg Shteumai Shem Edoim V'Yishmael. When Edoim and Yishmael come together, you will see the Chamor, the Oni V'Reich Lachar Mashiach will come. Says the Rambam, you want a simon, everybody wants to know a simon. How do we know when Mashiach is coming? When Edoim and Yishmael come together, that is a sure sign Mashiach is coming. So David Khan wants to know, so then why after the Purim story, did Mashiach not come? According to the Rambam Nigeris Teman, you know, Esau and Yishmael coming together brings Mashiach, and now we're learning that who's the Oyev? The Oyev is Achashveirosh. By the way, just fitting it into the Pasuk, it's not great. On the day the Oyev planned to destroy us, that's better read if Oyev refers to Haman. And the, the Miguel is saying, and not only that, we even ruled over the Sine. It fits a little bit better with Rabbeinu Bechai and the Kanakemach. But the Oyev and the Sine, either way, are Esav and Yishmael. So if David wants to know, so why didn't Mashiach come? So first of all, I would say, well, wait a second. They, it was pre- they were pretty awfully close. First of all, you know that right after the story, Ezra and Nehemi went up to Yishalayim. They rebuilt the second base HaMikdash. The Gemara says, had everybody come up, Mashiach would have come. So look, you know, there are, no, there are no guarantees in life. It's a sure sign Mashiach could come. You know, we still have to do our part. We didn't do our part. But the truth is, they did rebuild the second base HaMikdash and it had the potential to bring Mashiach. But David Kohn says very simply, the reason Mashiach didn't come is because that union quickly broke up. Because Haman was hanged, and that was the end of the Hizdavgus of the Shar and the Chamor. But then he says a little bit um, better, he says like this, you know, the Gemara says, anybody know in Tehillim, which is the Perak in Tehillim that talks about the Purim story? Perak? 22. 22. Perak Alayelas Hashachar, Mizmar Ladavid, Keli, Keli, Lama Zabtani. And the Gemara Yuma Dav Chavtes asks, Why is Esther compared to the Ayala Sashachar, to the morning star? Says the Gemara Yuma, Just like the morning star is the end of the night, so too Esther is the last miracle. 
The Gemara asks, what do you mean? Hanukkah is the last miracle. Hanukkah happened after. And the Gemara answers, no, Hanukkah was never recorded. Esther is the last miracle recorded. Now, using the principle of Masayavo Simimabanim, we know whatever takes place in Chomish is the pre-enactment, is the architectural plans for the rest of history. So if Esther is the last miracle, it probably is the pre-enactment and what creates the Gula Hasida. So, if Mashiach can't come in the written script, then history would never play out. But at least the final written architectural plan is, like the Ramam says, the union of Achashosh and Haman, which is Esau and Yishmael, and that brings Binyan Beis HaMikdash, so that in the future, when that happens, it will bring Mashiach. Why did Mashiach come? You know, that, that's the second era of history. It's not going to be in the first, in the first uh, volume of history. So we have an amazing uh, view and observation here of the Megillah. It's a completely revolutionary way of understanding the Megillah. That yes, Achashverosh is a nice Persian, and you view him, you know, he's a guy, he likes to eat, he likes to party, and he's a little bit of a hafachfach, he's, you know, he wavers. And you, we always view, you know, Esav as the big anti-Semite. But according to this understanding, and if you apply the reading of Rabbeinu Chayin Ramban to Megillus Esther, the real problem here is Achashverosh. He's the Yishmaeli. He's the Oyev. He's the Oyev. So I have one question. When Achashverosh asked Esther, Esther cries I'm sold. If we'd only be slaves, I would have kept my mouth closed. But now we're going to be destroyed. So Achashverosh says, Who's the guy? Who's trying to harm you? She calls him what? Ayev! But he's not an Ayev! He's the Sine! Why is she calling him the Ayev? Wrong name, Esther. Esther says, come on, you don't know the Gemara Megillah. The Gemara Megillah says, what's going on over here? Ish Let her just answer, Haman! What's all these titles? Says the Gemara, she pointed to Achashverosh when she said, Ish And the Malach came and moved her finger to Haman. When she said, Ish she was referring to Achashverosh! So here we have it, clear as day, it's clear as day. She's calling Achashverosh the Ayev. Why? Because he's Persian. And Paras is Yishmael. So it's not a kasha on what we're saying. It's a raya brura to exactly what we're saying, that Achashverosh is the Ayev. Okay? This is how Rav David Kohn, with, this is the way we're presenting how he develops the idea. Okay, Ad Khan from the Sefer El David. Just I want to share with you my personal um, observation here. And that is, there's something more here. It's not just that Haman is from Esav and Achashverosh is Ishmael. And let me explain to you one thing. I have a question for you. Is Haman just from Esav and Achashverosh is Ishmael? Is Haman just Esav or is Haman more than Esav? Haman is Amalek. What is Amalek? Is Amalek an Oyev? Or is Amalek a Sine? 
It's interesting, Rashi on the Pasa Kiyara Kes Ka, Rashi says when Mashiach comes, the Yudke will be Yudke Vavke, and the case will be Kisei. And Rashi says the following, Uchsheyimokhe number 31, Uchsheyimokhe Shemoy, when his name is wiped out, Yia Hashem Shalem, Vahakisei Shalem, Shenemar Ha'oyev Tamu. The enemy will be a vanquished. Rashi says, Amolek is the Oyev. Really? Amalek is an Oyev? I thought Amalek comes from Esau and they're a Sine. Does anybody know what the Klippa of Amalek is called? We said that Esau is a Shar and Yishmael is a Chamar. And what's Amalek? Amalek is called a Kelev. In fact, in Parakhav Beis of Tehillim, Esther Davin's Hatsila Mecherev Nafshi. Look at number 32. What's Hatsila Mecherev Nafshi? It's Rashi Tevois. What? Hatsila Mecherev Nafshi. What's that Rashi Tevois? Haman. Miyad Kelev, the Marshal says. Amalek is the Klipa of the Kelev. By the way, the Gra in his commentary, Yahel R, which is a Kabbalistic commentary to Tanakh, he says there are three forces of evil in the world. The Shar, which is Esav, is. Kas, and the Chamar, which is, excuse me, the Shar, which is Esav, is Kas, the Chamar, which is Yishmael, is Taiva, and then there's the Kelev. What does that spell out? What does Chamar, Shar, Kelev spell, Rashi Tevois? Choshech, darkness. There are three forces of evil. Chamar, Shar, Kelev. So I would have said, well, maybe there are three different forces of evil. There's Chamar, Shar, and Kelev. And the Gros says in the Adaris Eliyahu, no. There's Chamor is the Tata, or the Mama. The Shor is the Tata. And the union of Esav and Yishmael produces Amalek. The union of Esav and Yishmael produces Amalek. There's the Shor, which is Esav, the Chamor, which is Yishmael. And Amalek is the union of the two. In fact, Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chover writes, look at number 37, Choyshech, Hugimel, Klipois, Chamar, Shar, Kelev, Chamar, Vishar, Yamino, Smoila, Kelev, Amalek, Be'emsa, Nofak, Mi Be'naihu. Comes from the two of them. By the way, the Zara Kodesh in Parashat Shal says it's clear that the Shar, the Chamar, and the union of the two produces Amalek. So this wondering, if Amalek is the product of Esau and Yishmael, maybe that would explain why Rashi refers to Amalek as the Oyev, because he's really the two. He's a Soine and an Oyev. So you're going to give him a name, you give him the worst name, you give him the Oyev name. But just one point, if Amalek already is a union of Esau and Yishmael, then why does Haman need to join forces with Achashverosh? Haman is not just a Soine and Esav guy, he's an Amaleki. So he's got everything already. So what does he need Achashverosh for? So maybe we could explain as follows, that Amalek, where does Amalek come from? Eliphaz. Eliphaz was not a descendant of Yishmael. Esav married Yishmael, his daughter, Machlas. But Eliphaz did not come from that union. So there was a concept of Amalek in the world. There was a family line of Amalek in the world. But that line had not yet 
unified together with Yishmael. It was not until the Purim story did we have this... We had an Amalek. We had a person named Amalek. We had a mitzvah to destroy Amalek. But the poison of Amalek and the venom of Amalek and the ability for Amalek to destroy the world had not yet been created and not come down until, until Haman joined in with Achashverosh. Or it could be that, you know, even if Haman was an Amaleki, but he... The, even Amalek always needs Yishmael to unify with, to be able to destroy the world. So Rabbi Isai, what we're presenting now is really a historic observation on Megillus Esther. That Megillus Esther represents the period in history, the one time in history where we had this pact between Esau and Yishmael, which, according to the Gra, brings destruction to the world, which it could have, but according to the Rambam, is the surest sign of Mashiach coming. And we should be zoicheh the taka. This is a Masayavai similar banim, that the story of Purim was a pre-enactment. Through the story of Purim, the second Mesa Migdash was built, and we hope that through our Purim, it will create the Biyaska al-Tzadag, Mherbi Amenu, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.